Big Monday Night In. Hello and welcome to Big Monday Night In. Um, today I'm of course joined by Harry. Harry, how are you doing? Hello, good. Back in the studio. Wasn't yeah. here last week. I've not been here for the past two weeks, mate. It's nothing new. Also joined by Head of Sport, Archie. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, Kieran. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. And we are also joined by Ming and Danush. How are you two doing? We're doing good. Thank you, Kieran, for having me here today. Yeah, I'm doing good as well. Um, great weekend, to be fair. A uh, few really, really good results um, over the uh, over the Premier League schedule. Um, should be exciting to talk about. Yeah, no, it has been a packed week of football. We have had EFL Cup action and Premier League action. So um, we will talk about the EFL Cup a bit later on when we are joined by yet another guest. However... Um, let's get into the Premier League action. Start off with, and let's start off with Man City against Brentford. Ooh. A big upset here. Uh, Ming, you are a Man City fan, obviously, probably not very happy with this result. Ivan Tony picking up a brace, scoring in the 98th minute to win it for Brentford. Phil Foden scoring Man City's goal. Um, just after he hasn't got a call-up to the England team as well, yeah. which may be down to other reasons which we will not discuss because it is an ongoing investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I mean, if he if he wasn't under investigation, do we believe that he would have been on that plane? Archie, I'll come to you first. <clears throat> uh, well, I don't know, really, because I was, I was of the opinion that he'd picked Wilson over Tony over form. And he possibly picked the squad one week too early because I think mm. after that performance on Saturday, Tony really should be going to the World Cup. But yeah, I, I don't know. Whether this uh, investigation leads to anything, I think is irrelevant. I think Tony should have been on the plane, come what may. Dinesh, do you think that, say Southgate did pick it one week later then, do you think he would have been on the plane or not? Because obviously Wilson's had a good season, no taking that away from him. And he has been very, very good under Eddie Howe for his entire career. Um, but do you think that he's going to be able to do it on the World Cup stage or do you think Tony would have been a better option? I'll be honest, uh, Tony is obviously the better penalty taker and a more similar player to Harry Kane. So in my when I was kind of predicting the World Cup lineup, I was going for even Tony over Callum Wilson, plainly because of his playing style being very, very similar to Harry Kane. So if, God forbid, touch wood, there is no wood near me, but... Um, <laughs> If Harry Kane does get injured, even Tony would be a perfect, perfect replacement because he essentially plays a very, very similar style to Harry Kane. Um, but obviously, maybe Gareth Southgate wanted something different uh, from a striker. Um, so if Harry Kane does get injured, he can play a different system. Uh, I think that was my reasoning behind why he chose Callum Wilson. Uh, but obviously, both strikers have been on great, great form. Um, and to be fair, it was... It was going to be tight. If Ivan Tony got selected, the conversation would be would Callum Wilson uh, should Callum Wilson have gone? Um, so both are great strikers, to be fair, and I guess it's just down to the manager who he picks. I I, I agree with that. I think um, Harry, what what are your thoughts on the kind of England selection between <coughs> those two? Um, and of course, Ivan Tony coming through the EFL as well, bit of a specialist in that. Yeah, obviously he was at Peterborough, made his name there. He's played for a host of League One, League Two teams. Brentford found his feet there, scoring 30-plus goals in the Championship. 
for me, I prefer Ivan Tony to Callum Wilson. I think Ivan Tony is a much better player. He offers the strength, the pace up front, uh, and also a bit of a bit of you know fine skill class. And you can see that with some of his goals with the little flicks throughs and and whatnot. He plays well with the likes of Mbwemo. He's very fast. He flicks it on. Uh, it could work well in the England team, obviously with Sterling, Rashford, Foden, all these fast players. I name all of them. Um, Callum Wilson, on the other hand, he's a player that's been very determined. Uh, obviously played in the championship as well. He's a very good, strong, fast player. Uh, he came out with a statement two weeks ago saying he will be going to the World Cup. And he is. Do I think this investigation would change the decision? Probably not, actually. I think Callum Wilson has been in such good form at the moment. Uh, playing, th- obviously, Newcastle third in the league. He scores almost every time he plays. So I think it's Callum Wilson over Tony just because of the last few weeks. I think I think it's a fair assessment. I think it's very probably a flip of a coin between the two at the moment. Um, obviously, Tony has picked up ten goals this season. Um, uh, second highest total, second, third highest total in the Premier League, second highest English uh, total in the league as well. Only Carrie Hayne. Uh, Carrie Hayne? Carrie yeah, Hayne. Carrie Hayne. <laughs> um, Harry Kane has scored more um, goals. Uh, Ming, it was a very disappointing result for Manchester City. Obviously, um, quite a big hit in the league when it comes to keeping pace with Arsenal. Um, what went wrong for City in this game? I think it was with um, Pep and his selection of uh, his eleven players, because we tried ex- uh, we tried experimenting with the squad, like our front three never looked the same, and also our defensive. He tried to play uh, Akanji, along with Laporte, but Laporte has been known for making like silly errors leading to goals, and Cancelo right now he is probably not on his best form, because he has been. Uh, conceding goals and making vital mistakes like giving away a penalty for Fulham the, the last week so I think that um, defensively Man City needs to pick up on their game and they need to put Ruben Diaz on the p- pitch I think that Ruben has such a vital role in this in this back four and that he is the really the captain of, of this defense and we really need to put Diaz on the team and no more shuffling we need to be serious because Arsenal they're playing good this season no doubt yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point that the shuffling of the squad has seemed to kind of dent City's performances. Uh, playing three centre-backs in a back four is a bit of an odd choice. I think he was playing a Kanji out at, um, out at left-back. But um, João Cancelo, you made a good point there, has been out of sorts lately. Um, big dent in the, in the FPL um, as well, unfortunately. Uh, I think he's only picked up like three points in the past two games. So, Well, the thing is, I brought him in two weeks ago, um, got, got a red card, then got nothing this it's week. your fault. No, oh, I know. Yeah, Absolutely shocking. No, Cancelo. Oh. But, um, I mean, I still think that the City side, even with the rotation, should be beating this Brentford side, to be honest. But um, let's talk a little bit about Brentford. Dunush. Uh, they've obviously surprised people this this season. Yep. They're currently sat in tenth, yep. um, and they are performing above what their squad really should be. They lost Ericsson, who was a key player to them last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see them sustaining this and keeping them in mid mid to upper mid table? Um, to be fair, this season I'd say so. Yes, but if they do lose even Tony to a bigger club, they would be facing a tough challenge to get in a similar level of striker back into the squad uh, and integrating him well enough. Um, I think what Brentford did really, really well 
la- against City was silencing Kevin De Bruyne and Haaland because that partnership has been deadly uh, the whole season for many, many teams. And that is what they did really, really well. And they bombarded City with long balls, which City were argu- arguably did get overwhelmed with. Um, and they were really good in possession, really good off the possession as well. Um, I mean, to be fair, no one expected this result, but all credit goes to Brentford in how well they played. Um, and they kept the intensity up there the whole game, to be fair. Um if they do continue playing this way after the Christmas break, uh, after the World Cup, then I'd I'd see them at the top out half of the table uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, no, I think I think that's probably a reasonable shout at this point. Although that top half of the table could get very interesting with the appointment of Unai Emery at um, at Villa. Of course, he's starting to turn their fortunes around a little bit by the looks of it. But let's move on to the next game that we're going to be talking about: Tottenham against Leeds. Another big game. Um, Nearly another upset as well. Ended 4-3 um, to Tottenham. Harry Kane, Ben Davies and a brace from Bentonker um, sealed the win uh, for Tottenham. Leeds um, scorers being Somerville and Rodrigo scoring a brace. And a red card for Tyler Adams in the 87th minute. It's it's a thriller, really, and it's rare for a Conte team to concede three. Um, so, I mean... This Leeds side have been very inconsistent this season, I think it's fair to say. They have good players, but they just don't seem to be able to string some form together. Archie, what's your take on this Leeds side this season? I feel like them being able to score four goals against a Conte team is actually a a positive. It's just... uh, Sorry, three three goals. It's just... um, Then they conceded four goals. So there's there's your pluses and there's your, your negatives there. I think they haven't really built too much momentum yet. They haven't got a player. I think Rodrigo's trying to, but they haven't got too many standout players that are going to put their hands up and and take charge of the team, like your Tonys, like your Mitrovic. Both of those teams, Brentford and Fulham respectively, have been able to, to ride on the back of those two brilliant strikers. And Rodrigo is trying that, but the rest of the team really aren't behind him. So, I don't know. I can see themselves, them just clinching... Um, safety, but if it weren't for Forrest being in a pretty dire situation, then I think they probably would be right in a relegation <coughs> in a relegation battle. Just luckily, they're they've uh, got points where they shouldn't really have. You say that Forrest are now turning their fortunes a little bit with yeah, a win true. against Liverpool being the thing that started it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no comments on that. Uh, so this lead side it's quite an exciting team when you look at it the Americans especially really coming to shine Uh, they've got Tyler Adams who unfortunately in this game did not shine Uh, but Somerville especially scoring four in as many games has um, really really taken to the Premier League really well Um, Ming you watched this game what were your thoughts on this lead side well, I thought that um, this Leeds side have some good players uh, attacking. Well, uh, there is uh, uh, Brandon Aronson. Uh, I'll be looking forward to his performance in the World Cup as well. I think he's one of the uprising youngsters, and we should look forward more to him play. And Rodrigo, I think he should have been called up to the Spain squad when they, they're in need in such such a good striker. I think he, he can take that role. But um, defensively, uh, I think uh, they're causing a lot of trouble for Messier. A lot of the the goals were because of the mistakes coming from the Leeds player. When they, when uh, Tottenham Tottenham was pressing, they should have played more player in the back line. They should have played defensively 
And I think that by I think that Rodrigo Benton could come back was mostly on the fault of the Leeds defense player. It shouldn't have happened, and they they could have won the match if they were able to secure the lead. Yeah. Yeah, you you touched on um, on Spurs coming back. Um, they came back. They came from behind three times in this match, which is quite impressive. Uh, but was that Harry? Was that down to the Spurs players and their belief? Or was that down to Leeds just generally being a bit awful? Um, I wouldn't say Leeds being awful. I think we saw a difference in quality, in my opinion. You know, the subs that Tottenham are making, you know, seeing Lucas Moura, uh, Doherty, obviously Sanchez coming on the back, Basuma, these sort of players coming on for Spurs. And if you're looking at the subs that Leeds make, you know, you're seeing Joe Gellhart, Sam Greenwood, Luke you know, you're seeing a lot younger players coming on for Leeds and then far more experience and higher quality players for Spurs. And the bench at Spurs, half of them would probably start for Leeds on a weekly basis. So I think you're seeing that that plays a certain factor in it. I think Tottenham showed more belief, which you see in a Conte team, fighting to the end. Uh, Kuliszewski obviously coming back from a lot, you know, a long injury, hasn't really played a lot this year. Fighting to the end, trying to prove that he should be starting as he did last year. Uh, I think he's just a very good player. So, yeah, I don't think it was Leeds being poor. I thought they showed what they could do at the beginning. I think Somerville, unbelievable talent at the moment, scoring yes. in these big games. He scored against, what is it now, Tottenham, Liverpool. Uh, and he scored last week. He scored last week. Did he play last week? That was another big game. Uh, yeah. None of us know, anyway. Um, <laughs> was it Bournemouth? Bournemouth. Oh, big game. Ball. Big game. Massive game. Massive game. <laughs> Um, and then least, for Leeds it is so yeah, the for Leeds they need is. to be winning against teams around them otherwise they're not going to be climbing up that table yeah um, but yeah no I agree with you Somerville looks like a real talent um, he did get called up to to the um, US national side I'm pretty sure as well didn't he yeah mm. I think so um, yes. so it'd be interesting to see how he performs at the World Cup because I think I think America definitely have a good chance uh, getting out of the group especially with the group that they're in obviously England Wales and Iran. It's a toss up Iran, between. Yeah. It's a toss up between USA and Wales. Wales yeah. to, um, I back them. Wales. I can't lie to you. I'm I think Wales. Wales might upset England just because. Mm. Of Wales. Think, well, they, they always do. They always yeah. upset England, yeah. though. Yeah. Gareth Bale will come on, score a hat trick, move on my life. You, you were right about it being Bournemouth, by the way, Harry. Um, Archie. Archie. Archie said that. Oh, but thanks. Archie's That's what he does. Let's talk about um, Harry Kane for a second, um, or Carry Kane, as I, I put it. Um, <laughs> So he's picked up his 12th league goal in this game. Um, he's having a really, really good season, but he's going a bit under the radar because Haaland's in the league, unfortunately. And um, do you think that he's, Danush, do you think that he's going to be able to replicate this form into the World Cup? Um, because he's coming in um, in really, really good form. I'll be honest, it's not like can he, it's more like he has to um, because he is our main, main talisman. And if he doesn't, put on the same performance as he is doing currently, it's going to be a massive blow to England because he is one of our main sources for goals. Um, but in the general scheme of things, I think he's on great form. He's he's firing. Um, he's scoring goals left, right and centre. And uh, he should be able to replicate his form into the World Cup. And I think he will want to do that. Um, but I think it all relies upon whether or not he gets the chances from midfield. Um, and even the wings. Um, but if he does get the chances, I can see him converting them nine times out of ten. Um, so, yeah, 
he should be able to replicate his form. Yeah, no, if he does, um, he is only a few goals off of being the all-time record goal scorer at World Cup for England, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. I know, well, I, I know he's close to being to a record. I, I can't remember quite what it was. I saw it on Twitter as I was scrolling through earlier today, but forgot to make a note of it. Um, poor from me, but let's move <laughs> on to the, the next game. Newcastle against Chelsea. Now, huge upset. Well, I say a huge upset. Chelsea have been in really bad form recently. But um, huge surprise that Newcastle are up to third place in the league. Um, so, Ming, do you think that Newcastle um, can keep pushing into these European spaces for the rest of the season? Well, uh, they are building something, definitely. I think they're the next big thing of European football. And um, I, I saw uh, that Amaran is play, be, playing very well, and I'm very sorry as a City fan for Jack Willish banter <laughs> last year. <laughs> I, I did not completely uh, agree with what Jack said. I think Amaran's playing great, and this year he's he's basically picking up. And I think that he has uh, he has talents, and yeah, in no in no means I don't want to put any shade on him. Right now, I think he's in better form than Jack Willish and. The Newcastle team, they got good uh, midfielders. They got Bruno Guimaraes, um, Arsenal target last uh, winter uh, transfer window. And they got um, uh, Sven Botman, uh, good defender. Uh, and Nick Pope, I think, is a very good uh, saver. And I think that he definitely has earned his spot in the England squad rightly. Yeah, they have a lot of good talents. And also Wilson, obviously, got his recent call-up. Many talents in that squad, and I can feel that there will there'll be more investment made in the win the transfer window this winter, which may make them become even more dangerous. Definitely something to be looking forward to. It is an exciting time to be a Newcastle fan. They picked up um, manager of the month this season. They picked up goal of the month this season, and they picked up player of the month this yeah. season. Harry, um, Eddie Howe has done a stellar job since taking over, I think it's fair to say. Um, Obviously, he was in the EFL with Bournemouth a few years ago. Um, Do you think he is classed as one of the best coaches in the league at the moment for what he's done? Um, I love him. It has to be said. I will, a strong statement from me, but you know. You love you love, I love Howe. I do love Eddie Howe. I was going to ch- chime in. How has Howe done this? Right, go away. Um, I do love him. I think he's obviously what he did at Bournemouth was unbelievable, taking them from Lee to from a position where uh, Bournemouth were walking, the players had to walk house to house with a bucket to get money, with a bit of loose change to try and fund the club. Uh, took them from there all the way to the Premier League. Obviously, they're back in the Premier League now. He, got, he did get sacked. But at Newcastle, he's one of probably one of the best managers, if not, well, not if not the best, but he's probably... He's up there with Young and Klopp and Pep Guardiola in my eyes. I think what he's done with this team, obviously, as it's just been said, they've invested uh, players such as Nick Pope, Sven Botman, uh, Dan Byrne, and then obviously the striker up front bringing Isaac across. But it has to be said, some of the star players were already at the club. I think you're looking at big Joe Linton moving in from that strike to Cam. It's been an unbelievable decision. Uh, Al Moron getting him in the form he has been unbelievable. Uh, and big Isaac, the, the striker, Swedish Isaac, you know, he's, he's injured. He's not playing. And he's mm. made Callum Wilson become one of the best strikers in the league. <laughs> so I think hats off to Eddie Howe. Uh, anybody that wants to see him work, YouTube. You need to look at him pre season videos. The, the amount of detail he gives to his players in those videos in pre-season at Bournemouth and at Newcastle is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I think he's well-deserved manager of the month. And I think he's, you know, this Newcastle team, 
the investment they make in the future, I can't see it being heavy. I can't see them splashing out 100 million for a player. I can see it being continued as it is, spending 20, 30 million on a good player that will be there for a while that they can develop. Joe Willock, another one that he's helped develop. Yes. Jacob Murphy. I'll stop listing players, but you know he's a great, great manager. Yeah, meant, yeah. Sorry, Kieran, I can agree with you. I, on a serious note, he hasn't. They got all this money, but he didn't go out and spend forty-five mil per player. He no. went and bought smaller players. He took got first. Got, Dan Burns. Yeah, Dan Chris Burn. Wood. And Dan Burns starts every week. It's, yeah. it's, 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 he's in a really good form. He was in a shout for an England call. I love Dan Burn. Which yeah, <laughs> half, actually, a, half a season ago wouldn't happen, would I, it? I, I, I adore Dan Burn, especially after what he did against um, Chelsea. I'm going to paraphrase this. He told Mark Cucurella to go away. In, oh, he did, did he? Yeah, oh, in, right. yeah, yeah. In a very. Um, much more aggressive tone during that little <laughs> scrap at the end of the game. Just like uh, Jill Scott said, uh, you naughty girl, yes. with that <laughs> infamous clip. Um, Chelsea have been quite poor uh, the past few past few games, I think it's fair to say. Five league games without a win. Um, obviously, Chelsea notoriously ruthless with their managers. Uh, Danush, do you think that they're going to continue that history of being ruthless? Or do you think they're, they're, they've taken a turn and they're going to back Potter here? Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Potter's at all at fault uh, for the past three games. Mainly one, because of injuries, and two, because he just got the job. Uh, I mean, I know it's been around a month, but it's, it's, he hasn't found a formation yet. He hasn't found his best 11 yet. And he just had two injuries in um, uh, uh, Aspilicueta and uh, Loftus-Cheek. Um, and the injuries are not helping him. Squad depth is non-existent um, and he is going to have a tough time uh, hopefully he can sort himself or sort the club out or his players out of uh, the World Cup uh, break and hopefully some of his injured players will come back stronger um, but I think as uh, if I were Todd Bowley I'd give him till the end of this season minimum uh, up till the end of next season maximum to show how good of a manager he can really be uh, and try and run some cups and silverware for uh, the London club. Um, But, yeah, I think it's too early to judge him. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think that they've really got to give him three seasons. He's he's a project manager. Um, He didn't actually get Brighton playing good football until three seasons in. And that was on a budget. Mm. Yes, he has more money at Chelsea, but money doesn't build a project, unfortunately. Um, so we are going to come on to Manchester United just after a little break. Big Monday night in. Cheers for that, Harry. Yeah, you're welcome. Good yeah. idea, there. I did uh, my best. <laughs> right, so we are going to be talking about uh, Fulham against Manchester United. Just last touch before we move into a little bit on the controversy that has been surrounding Cristiano Ronaldo, who... Harry just told us to stop talking about the other week <laughs> yeah. um, when we were comparing him to Anthony Martial. So um, <laughs> there's actually a story this time, though, Harry. It is a story. You know, but last week you were just comparing two people who scored like two goals. That I is just, a good point. I was just sat here thinking, like, Erlen Haaland scored 17 18. Let's talk about something exciting. <laughs> no offence to Noosh. I'm not saying Man United's boring, <laughs> but. <laughs> and they certainly weren't boring at the end of this game. Um, Alejandro Gomez. 
Garnacho. Garnacho Gomez. Jesus. Wrong, 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 wrong league. <laughs> um, Alejandro Garnacho scoring in the 93rd minute to rescue three points for Manchester United in a game where they really weren't at their best. Um, Christian Eriksen opened the scoring, followed by Dan James equalising. It was just written in the stars, really, wasn't it? <laughs> but then the rising star um, did finished the game off after coming on as a substitute um, and he did the Messi slash Ronaldo celebration I don't know it was done many times before that yeah 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 but um, Danush I don't actually have any notes on this game because it was a very last minute inclusion Um, (laughs) how did you think the game went I'll be honest it wasn't too bad Um, we did have a lot of the possessions we did create a few chances especially in the first half I thought we were up uh, against Fulham in the first half we were uh, bombarding them with shots on goal. I think we had similar uh, number of shots on goal, uh, but shots on target, we had nine and they had like seven. seven. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we were better in the first half. I think the second half or the beginning of second half at least, we switched off a bit, uh, leading to the Daniel James goal. Um, but defensively, I thought we were right, especially when we were playing a left back, a right back to uh, come in for Diogo Dalo. Um, we had a few good chances, chances we should have converted, especially the Ericsson one where he just hit it just a bit wide of the post. Uh, that should have gone in, to be fair. But overall, I think we were good, and Fulham did come back strong in the second half with Andres Pereira putting in really, really good balls into the box. I mean, if Mitrovic was playing in the game, he would have converted them easily. Um, I think Pereira has improved a lot as a player. Um, since his move to Fulham and so has Daniel James Marcus Silva has done a really good job with that team and um, yeah it was it was, it was was alright and then at the end Alejandro Garnacho obviously came on on the 73rd minute I think uh, scored a really good goal to finish off I think he is a great talent um, he I mean I don't want to get too hyped about him because the last play we got hyped about was Mason Greenwood mm. and that didn't help Um but he he looks like a really good player. He cuts in really well. He has a few good tricks up his sleeve. And uh, I thought his goal was really calm and composed. He didn't just lash out um, and uh, just power it. Uh, but he actually picked a spot and uh, slowed it nicely. So there's, there was a certain big p- player that wasn't included in the match day squad. Um, you might know him, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Um, Harry's favourite subject. Yeah. <laughs> he has, has had a very, very explosive interview with Pierce Morgan, of all people. Um, yeah. It's uh, funny because when he did that interview, he was listed as an illness for not being with the squad. Yeah. I, that is just, that is just, it's just, yeah. He said that he feels is, yeah. betrayed by the club, uh, says that he has no respect for Eric Ten Hag, and he he really went at um, Ralph Ranić, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and the club in general just saying that they haven't progressed since Sir Alex Ferguson has left now Archie surely after this interview they have to let him go because if they don't it's just it just shows that they're allowing a player to be bigger than the club they might want to let him go but who is going to pay him the excessive amount of money that he puts on himself? That's not the club's fault. No. No, it's not. But, but okay, the, the club can't also 
Well, they might be able to, but then they're going to have no money. They can afford to buy him out of the contract easy. They can, Just, yeah. How much is he on a week? Does anybody know? 500,000. Yeah. A paying, week. So they're currently paying £500,000 a week for a player that, when he has played, misses the chances. When he's not playing, cries on the bench or does an interview with Piers Morgan. Yeah, Pretty this is much, Manchester yeah. United, Harry. This is ma- Why don't they just buy him out his contract? Nobody's going to pay him 500000 because his form doesn't justify that amount no. of money. He's too he's old. 37. He's 37. He's 37 and he's not, you know, he's not built like... The, the, compared to Sperling Haaland, for example, everybody's looking for the next Haaland. Top teams, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United... They're all Spurs. They all well, got Harry Kane. They all want Erling Haaland, don't they? So they're not going to pay five hundred thousand for a thirty-seven-year-old that's causing more problems at the club than good. good. Yeah, yeah. You make a good point, um, but that isn't the club's yeah. problem at the end of the day. They can terminate the contract here, just be unemployed. Okay, yeah, no, true. If they, if they just going to terminate the contract, then I'd agree they should do that. But you should play for Inter Miami. They probably will. To be yeah, no, that, that is probably the most likely destination. Beckham's just yeah. going to buy him out. Well, Beckham was the last player to think that he was bigger than Manchester United as well and look at what happened to him he, he went to Real Madrid he went to Real Madrid he got shipped off by Ferguson though didn't he yeah, he Real did, Madrid yeah. or Barcelona aren't going to buy him aren't no they? So. but it would be such a fall from grace I mean I I'm, I admire Ronaldo I don't know whether I like him now that he's, he's yeah no I thing. agree with that yeah. uh, but he's still a fantastic player and he's almost a little bit lucky that the World Cup's come because then he can go off and play with another team he's sort of another just, set of teammates he's damaging his legacy now so yes. obviously everybody remembers him as the guy that scored is, it, is, he, is he technically scored the most goals ever in football yeah something, yeah. Like, something silly like that well yeah. Pele, Pele might score some in his garden and count them yeah that's too fair. <laughs> you, know, you never know these he days he scored against the local under sevens team a few days ago whacked it in get it in but yeah and he's played he's won major trophies across Europe but it's just actions like this. He needs to understand that he's no longer the main character. At 37 years old, I understand he's still one of the fittest players in the Premier League. But 37, he, he cannot be determining what Eric Ten Hag does. He says he's got no respect for Ten Hag. I think that's just silly. That's damaging. Not only is it damaging him you know, at Man United, it's going to damage what people think of him at other clubs. Because mm. he's being seen now as a major problem and nuisance. That if he doesn't get his way... He's not playing, so it's it's so pretentious for yeah, me. No, it's, it's just really immature. He didn't need to do this. He just needs to find some form, and then he might get back in the I team. I think it's uh, it's also important to state that the full interview hasn't actually been shown yet. It's yeah, only yeah. been the highlights that the Sun wanted to show. Okay, so only, this sorry. they could you know. I don't care. It's with Piers Morgan. It's, it's going to be Piers bad. Piers Morgan. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just doing anything to make a... He- they do anything they can to make a headline out yeah, of it. Exactly. And also, um, positionality is important as well. Piers Morgan is Ronaldo's friend, so he wasn't yeah. actually being challenged in any way. However, uh, Ming, what would you do in this situation if you were at the board at Manchester United? Would you say that's enough with Ronaldo and let him go? Uh, I think let's wait for the full interview this Thursday. Well... I do think that uh, bashing Ten Hag and uh, mentioning Rooney was a no-go zone. He shouldn't have gone there. Despite all the criticism about him, I think that's a no-go zone. And um, he also um, criticizes the, the facilities of uh, Old Trafford, saying how it was like it was the same when he, he last left, which I think it just m- might be something that violate um, his contract, maybe, because he's basically revealing stuff as is inside the club and I think that they could terminate his contract 
using all, all the things that he've mentioned in the interview. But I'll see how it goes this Thursday. Yeah, no, I think it is definitely important before any real accusations are made yeah. to see the full thing. But let's take a little break here and then we'll come back and we will be talking about a new feature, um, Suitcase of a Superstar, that if you did listen to Shatton Night Champions last year, you'll be familiar with. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back just after this ident. This. 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 this is URN. URN. University. Radio. 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 Nottingham. Yes, so we are back and Suitcase of a Superstar um, is returning. So if you do not know what this is, it is basically a guessing who am I game. Um, I have come up with a player and five clues. Everyone else in the studio is going to have to try and guess who I am before the five clues are up. Uh, do you're, not. You're Kieran Etheridge. I am Kieran Etheridge. Do I go, get five win. points? No. So um, basically, do <laughs> not say it out loud because obviously other people will then just copy. Do we get you. more than one guess? Uh, you get one guess, and once it's locked in, you cannot is change it. It's a guess it. per round. It's a guess it? per round. Ra- so one guess across all five rounds. You can only guess once. So don't guess straight away, basically. <laughs> guess only when you're sure you know it. So I'll start off with the first clue, which is um, this player is 26 and was born in Northampton. Uh, you're not meant to get it straight away. Hang on, but hang on. Oh, I've got a lot of your knowledge here. You do. So, so we know, is it any footballer... It, I ha- okay, I will. I will say that I have kept it to Premier League just because. Okay. But it can be past or present. I'm lucky, mate. Harry, I mean, no, he's born <coughs> in Northampton. He's obviously started in the EFL. Oh, he's going to roll back the years. Roll back the old. Uh, Don't you worry about my on. knowledge. <laughs> right. So no one though after that first clue. So none of us have got five points now. No. Okay. Ah. It's very rare that I think only like two people got five points last okay. year. So Wait, I think I have. I think I have the. Who it is? Do I type I am and the player name? Uh, just just type the player name um, if you're sure you know it. But How do you as, have it already? As I said, you cannot change. There's no cheating going on over there, this, is there? This was my nightmare, so... We can, haven't got any Googling going on. No. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Danush and the Googling. You cannot change... Googling? <laughs> you cannot change your guess once you have guessed it. You put it on the group chat, by the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, so the second, um, the second oh. clue is this player has played for eight clubs being at lo- on loan at half of them. Uh, He's played at eight. Eight different clubs being on loan at four of them. Okay. Oops. Harry looks like he's got it. No, I'm currently debating in my head. He's, are you going through the clubs? I've got three players in my head at the moment. He, was 20, he is 26, so he must have started, might have done one a year, surely. Is he okay? If he's 26, Play eight it. clubs. Eight clubs. Yeah, we've got to think about no, his youth team. That is a good point. But he's, when, when do you reckon he started? He can't have started when he was 12 on a professional contract. I don't know. If he must, well, yeah, okay. Are you counting like um, Leicester under seven? No, I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's professional clubs. Okay. Um, right. Am I good to move ha- on to the next one? Are you typing away, Harry? No, no I'm not typing. Go. No Googling, Harry. I'm not Googling. Here you go. Uh, this player was a League One player of the year in 2019, 2020. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 He's got it. Message then. <laughs> League One player of the year it, three years ago. Uh, was it 2019, 2020? Or yeah, two? 2019, 2020. Two years ago. Um, okay. 
It's only just recent. So like, I already, yeah. Very, very, very um, confident on that one. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, next clue. Uh, this player scored a record-setting 31 goals during the 2020-21 season, winning the Golden Boot. In which Where? league? In the championship. Yeah, spot on. I've already got it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think I think someone else got it before you did, though, Harry. I know they did. It's <laughs> upsetting. Archie, any ideas? Um, 21-22, Yeah, in the so championship. Last season? Um, do you even like football? <laughs> hang on, hang on. You've got to get on, on this on, next clue. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Am I allowed to mention the facts? I've already said the name of the show today. Yeah, uh, you're allowed to say it. And I've already given all the. I pretty much answered all these. Yeah, I've, I've I've answered we, all we, had, we had a very, very big section on this one player. I give a lot of details. I think I know who it is. Well, I'd say it. Go on then. I'd say it. Tip tap away. Right. Are you sending. It now? Is that it? Final clue. This player now plays for Brentford, where he has scored 10 goals in the league this season. Oh. And, right, so everyone <coughs> did get it right, but oh, Ming thanks. got it on the first clue. Oh, let, let me tell you why, because I have him on my fantasy. I, I put him as captain, actually, last week. So I went on Wikipedia to kind of read through his stats. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I have him on my fantasy Premier League. So that's why yeah, I, I wanted to search through his it. stats, because I was selling Mitrovic because he was uh, he's uh, sus- uh, injured so I sold Mitrovic for Ivan Tony and yeah I captained him Kieran Kieran how yes. much did Ming pay you for that question <laughs> <laughs> so um, Harry you, you you did get it and was very confident on the four, on the second clue I got it first time but you just didn't want to I didn't want to just in. rush into it because no, it's fair enough. Kind of like there's not a lot of players in the Premier League from Northampton. No, there isn't. Um, obviously, you've got Sean Dyche's son coming through down there at the moment. Just started at centre-back for him, so keep an eye out for him. But Probably Brexit football, I imagine. <laughs> but, I, yeah, no, Ivan Tony, as you said, four loan moves. Went to Newcastle. Well, I'm, if I'm right in saying he went on loan. Started at Northampton. Went to Newcastle. If I'm right in saying this, Scunthorpe, Barnsley. Yes. yes. Did he go on loan to Wigan? No, yes. Yes. He went on loan to Wigan. He went on loan to Wigan. Did he go on loan to Peterborough before they bought him? Yes. And then he went, and then he went Peterborough, got 2019-20, uh, player of the year. Then went to? Brentford in yeah. the championship, 31 goals. In 21-22. He got the yeah. record before Mitrovic. No, no, in 2021. 2021. He got the record for the most goals in the championship And then Mitrovic ever broke it. Last season. Yeah. And then now he's a striker. There you go. Well. That is some knowledge there. <laughs> that is proper knowledge. That's what you get, mate. So hang on. Actually, we should refrain it, Danish. Harry, how much did he pay Kieran? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, so I did. I mean, I lost. <laughs> so there is a point space system, obviously, that I'm going to be keeping track of. Ming did get five points from that for guessing on the first clue. Harry, four. Danush, three. Archie, one. Two. Two. It was two. two. I got it on the old um, top scorer in the championship. That's my head of sport. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I'll keep track of those scores. Um, I will make a graphic to put up on the Instagram page um, exactly. when I get home later tonight. But yeah, well done everyone for actually getting it. That's oh, class. a good start to the good start to the um, the feature on this show. But let's go talk <laughs> EFL Cup action. Dom has said that he is going to be late, um, so we will get into the games. That's not surprising at all, is it? <laughs> we're getting to <laughs> we're getting to the other games um, 
that we are going to be talking about, starting off with, why not start with uh, Manchester United against Aston Villa? Um, it was a 4-2 win for Ten Hag's men. Anthony Martial, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes and Scott McTominay all scored. And I, I suppose Diego Dallo did score, but just in the wrong net. And <laughs> Ollie Watkins picking up a goal for Aston Villa. Um, so United really didn't make it easy for themselves again. Um, letting in two goals uh, and allowing allowing Villa to go ahead at one point as well um, but it did create quite the spectacle from the neutral point of view so Danush how did your heart fare in this game? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair I thought we'd be doing somewhat better than how we did the week before the game before that because before then we played Aston Villa again and we lost 3-1 uh, that wasn't a good game at all uh, but I think the EFL Cup game it was up and down it was a roller coaster. Um, I mean, to be fair, in the first half, it was a bit boring. Not met, None of the two teams had many chances, not great chances anyway. Um, and then I think it got alive in the second half with, um, I think, did the first goal come in the first half or the second half? I can't quite remember. Second but, half. Yeah. 48 so minutes. It's quite a boring game up until halftime, as we said. It was, it was. Um, but yeah, Oli Watkins scored a great goal to be honest. And at that point, I was like, uh, "How do we, how do we fire on from this? Will we be able to come back?" Uh, and then I think Marcus Rashford equalised, and then Diego Dallo scored another goal after that. And to be honest, he couldn't have done much about it. He tried what he could to keep it out, to block it. But um, yeah, I don't blame him for that own goal. Um, and then Anthony Martial equalised again, and then Bruno Fernandez put up put us up 3-2 and uh, from a great ball amazing ball from Garnacho, Scott McTominay put us up 4-2 yeah let's talk about that goal a little bit I don't think anyone else in that United squad would have actually gone for that ball other than Scott McTominay no <laughs> like no. He, he is a passion merchant That that is the way that I describe him yeah um, did, Harry did you see the goal? Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay goal. Is that the one from Garnacho's yeah, cross? Garnacho's yeah, Garnacho's cross. Yes. Brilliant cross, but I don't think anyone else in the squad would have gone for that. Do you agree? Ah, I think you would have gone. I think other people would have. Really? Yeah, no, it's, it's all in the ball and the delivery. Garnacho has to you know, take his hat off for that one. It's beautiful. A little curve ball, right foot, mm-hmm. curling in towards in front of... And um, I think it's just lazy defending. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think that's fair. I think you've, you make the point there, obviously, nobody else really go for it. I think the technique in the finish is something that you know, it should be questioned, but I think, nah. I don't think you complain when the ball's that good, though. You yeah, don't look at no. the finish, you look at the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. So I think I think it's just lazy defending's made McTominay look like he's doing really well. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, so let's talk about, I mean, they, they, they United had four, technically five goal scorers, um, one of them being an own goal, unfortunately. Um Archie, do you think Ten Hag is finally getting through to this team after maybe pushing Ronaldo to the side um, and getting them to play as a team rather than a group of individuals? Because four goal scorers is impressive from any team, especially a team that has been criticised heavily of um, not being able to play fully as a team. Well, I don't know. You look at the goal scorers and they're all players that have been in the setup for a couple of years that have been played under the other managers, the previous managers that Man United have had. So I think it's just the point uh, that they're getting to is where Ten Hag's finally taking over the team to play his way. Because otherwise, 
they're still under the regime of the previous managers and, and it doesn't really help them in either way to be able to play together as a team and then actually go on to win any games. So, I mean, looking at the team, they actually put out a fantastic team. Well, by and large, there are a couple of sort of... Uh, people that haven't featured a huge amount, Dolly van der Beek being one, but mm. I think he's actually possibly going to feature a bit more under Ten Hag. Van der Beek, honestly, he came off with a 3.9 rating, according to Sofifa. Maybe he won't play anymore, mm. <laughs> if he's playing that, that bad. Oh no, it's Sofa score, sorry. But um, yeah, 3.9 rating's a bit rough, especially yeah. considering that he's struggling to get into that team. Uh, that is... The first and only loss that Unai Emery has had with that um, Villa side so far. Obviously, only playing three games. Well, he beat United the, the other week, didn't he? Three-one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this time he finally got the better of. Ming, uh, do you think um, Unai Emery is going to be a success at Aston Villa? Do you think he's going to be able to keep them up? Uh, I was actually a fan of Villarreal their last campaign in the Champions League. I thought uh, they they were playing well defensively. They even they even won against Bayern Munich when they were like the title contenders for the Champions League Cup. I think that um, Unai teams is very hard to play against. His defensive and uh, how compact they are make them hard to play against. And you, you, can't, really, you can't really beat them if, if, you can, if, you, if you don't really have those long balls or, or if you can't make use of your set piece. So I, I think that even though it's, it's, it might be boring to watch, because it's mostly just defense and counter-attacking, it can be very effective as in getting the results that you want for your team. And I think that's how he has played uh, in Villarreal, and it worked well for them. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely going to be an interesting like interesting second half of the season um, with him at the at the reins at Aston Villa. Uh, Dom Allen has just joined us in the studio. How are you doing, Dom? I am very stressed, my friend. How are you? Um, I'm also quite stressed, so we're in the same boat there. Oh, but, thank um, you very much. Let's let's talk. Let's go on to Ooh. the next game. Uh, we come to Forest last. Um, so Arsenal against Brighton. Arsenal did get knocked out, out of the EFL Cup. Um, but, Harry, do you think this could possibly be kind of a blessing in disguise for them? Obviously, less games means that they can focus on the league more. Um, obviously, they're still in Europe, and are they, they're still in the FA Cup as well, I believe. I think I want to say. Well, they're not even in the FA Cup. <laughs> no, they're not, are they? No, it's not the third round. But, no, but when they, it does get drawn, they will be in the FA Cup. Yes. Um, so, this is one less competition for them to focus on. Do you think that it could benefit them with them pushing to win the league? I'm probably the worst person to ask that question for, to be honest, because I don't like all of this. There's too many games for them. To, I'm an EFL guy. You know, <laughs> I like it when they, they play Monday, Monday, uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You know, I like that. I like to see the players, you know, how many players are on like £100,000 there? Mm. To answer the question, yes, it does help them, but I just, I want to see them play as many games as they can. So, I'll leave it there. But okay. I, I'd also <laughs> chip in there and say that the players that were playing on the weekend really didn't feature that much in that game. Yeah. No, they so, didn't. So it I was, feel like it was it's a good, good rotation. rotation. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't... But I think if you're getting paid over £100,000, you should be able to play at least four times a week to you know, justify that amount of money. So anyway, it didn't really answer your question. But. <laughs> 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 
Harry. <laughs> Cheers, Harry. Vintage wearing that. Um, Can that for the SROs next year? <laughs> genius. Danush, um, on the sport group chat we were talking about this the other day, um, it seems like a season where smaller teams, such as Brighton, Brentford, um, Fulham, can all challenge those top six sides fairly regularly this oh, season. Yeah. Uh, Brighton, giving another example here, uh, do you think that that gap between the top six and the rest of the league is slowly getting smaller? Yep, 100%. I think the only reason it has been so wide over the past few seasons was because of the managers and the style of play that they played. In my opinion, obviously, it can be very, very wrong. But the games and the teams like Newcastle, I've seen, they just played Brexit football. Um, just long balls into the box. Sean Dyche. <laughs> Literally. Um, long balls into the box. Uh, not a lot of possession sitting back. Uh, try and counter, break down teams on the counter. Doesn't really work a lot when you haven't got the team. But with the new this new set of managers for those type of clubs, what I've seen is they play to the squad's strengths and they can see what the squad can get out of uh, themselves. Also, with... Brentford beating Man City, an amazing stat this. One in four passes by Brentford were long balls. If you do have that right amount of long ballness, obviously what's Long ballness. Long ballness, <laughs> sorry. It's, it's, it's just a technical term, Kieran. You might not have heard of it on Chatham <laughs> Champions with the European Tiki Taka. But in Britain, no, actually. Um, so if you, I think teams are becoming more, they're, set, they're getting a set piece. When they have one style of play, they're going to play it against the big teams. And dare I say it, it's probably better for the league that they've got this sort of specialisation. Look at Wimbledon with the crazy gang in the past. They had a very unique style of playing, a very aggressive style of playing, but it worked for them. They won FA Cups, did very well, got into Europe. And yes, Harry Waring, that is an 80s <laughs> reference. But yeah, I think teams are just starting to click and not try and do what Norwich did in the past and trying to pass out from the back, play lovely football, because it doesn't work when you're playing Haaland. Um, I mean, I mean, Brighton do it. <laughs> yeah, but you've got good players. Yeah, you do. You've got... Speaking of our good players, Karu Matoma is a player to watch. He, that is the one player I'm actually looking forward to watch at the World Cup because Japan have an amazing squad. He is going to be special. And I say that with Moises Caicedo in the squad. I think he could be better than Caicedo in the long run. But um, that is all I'm going to say about Brighton because I'm meant to be impartial here. Um, <laughs> let's just move on to the final game that we're going to be talking about. Nottingham Forest against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Dom, you were at this game. Yes, in the Peter Taylor stand. In the Peter Taylor I was stand. There as well. And Ooh. Harry, you were there as well. Well, I, there. No, well, I watched the first half. Oh, oh whereabouts you sat? Uh, Trent End. Oh, lovely. lovely so, Dom, do you want to talk us through the game? Goals from Renan Loddy and Jesse Lingard. Well, it was a magical night, really. And, Kieran, it wasn't just because you weren't there. It was an absolute <laughs> antique <laughs> day. We'd really struggled against Spurs. And they put out a really good side. Bar Lloris and Shungman Sonny was obviously out for that eye injury. It was a quite a good side. Kane obviously started. No Kulisewski, okay, fair play. Forrest also weren't at their best. Forrest played really well. Really sort of basketball, football, going end-to-end. Lots of shots on target and had a few really good opportunities. Then Renan Loddy, for some reason, has come out of his cocoon after Brazil have announced their squad. He's not made it to Qatar. But that's lit a fire under him because he's been fantastic the past two games. Scored an absolute beauty of a goal in front of the Trenton. Curled in just outside the box, bottom corner. Absolutely loved to see it. And then we all saw what we wanted to see. Now, Jesse Lingard has come under a lot of criticism, but no one can dare, I mean dare, criticise his gritty after scoring an amazing <laughs> goal. 
I mean, as a Dolphins fan, we talk about touchdown in a few weeks. Mike Gesicki is the worst gritty I've ever seen, but Jesse Lingard did try and beat it because it was awful. He played fantastic. The whole team started to play as a unit, and it was clear to me on Saturday, uh, this weekend against Palace, they've taken the momentum from that. Now, of course, in typical Forest fashion, we've come into the best momentum we've been in for the whole year, right as we go into the World Cup. So it's a mixed bag. The atmosphere was really good at Forest. Everyone was willing it behind. Players like Worrell were really, really playing for the badge, and that's what you need. Ryan Yates, who has a civic duty to get his nose broken in every single game, <laughs> it seems like. So absolute determination off the pitch, but training, the emotion, you can really see it in the players are in the post-match celebrations. Every tackle means something. And I just think with players like Morgan Gibbs-White coming into their own fruition, Forrest could... <coughs> No, don't say it. I'm not. Okay, no, you know what? We're not going down. We're going down. Touch but wood. touch wood. Yeah, we had that on the. They think it's all Doha special. Um, they could stay up because they're only one point off seventeenth. That hallowed seventeenth spot. Yes. Um, going a bit off topic from the EFL Cup here. Worth a mention that against Palace, um, the post-match celebration. Dean Henderson was absolutely loving it. I, I haven't seen it. I, I've seen they all celebrate as a team. That means a lot to me because a lot was made on certain URN podcasts that. There was too many signings. I'm not looking at anyone, Kieran. Um, but they... <laughs> oh, I thought you were having to go there. Um, really big team effort. Every tackle was... A, it was literally... It was like they were just spamming X on FIFA. It was always a slide <laughs> tackle. They really put everything they had. Players like Morgan Gibbs-White tapping the badge means the absolute world to me. He is really, really trying to get stuck in. Same with Lingard. A lot has been said about Lingard not getting stuck in by Forest fans. And he was putting himself through every tackle possible, like sort of, I don't know, Maradona playing. <laughs> I'm not saying he was that good, but just the amount of tackles he was getting himself in for. It was really impressive to me. And that group celebration, Cooper literally sort of koala-hugging Joe Worrell at the end during Depeche Mode. <laughs> it's just what Forest fans have been looking for. When we played against Bournemouth and Fulham, there wasn't that passion. And finally, it's just getting there and we could hit our stride when it matters. Yes, so that is both North London clubs out of the EFL Cup. You really enjoyed saying that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> um, so the draw is that Charlton are facing Brighton at the Valley. I might actually be going to that, so watch out for that on away days. <laughs> uh, Blackburn are going to be facing Nottingham Forest. Dom, are you going to be going to that? Um, went to Ewood Park last year. It was really good ground. Um, really bad chips, I will say that. And I know Harry wearing the king of April's chips this year. No, will approve. Oh, you pies. Wearing's pies. Wearing's pies, right. I'll add that to the Instagram stories, pal. But yeah, um, yeah, not too excited for a trip to Blackburn, it must be said. No. Uh, MK Dons will be facing Leicester City. Yes, the, yes, they will. Oh, my God, at home. It's going to be amazing. What, what, are, you, are you confident ahead of it? Yeah. Do you think you'll fill out the ground? Um, no. <laughs> Do you think you'll... Okay, I'll, I'll be when we play, normally when we play Premier League teams, Liverpool, Man United, beat Man United 4-0, now has to be said. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I get a lot of stick for mentioning 80s football when we were proper good side. You know, not 80s football, this is 2014. 2014, where Deli Ali was playing for you. Bellingphobia, yeah. Anyway, do I think we're still out the ground? No, because uh, I went to a game the other day and there's 1,600 people there. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, very excited to see what could happen. Yes, Manchester United are facing Burn. Wait, I've just realised we've got one person from each. Of- oh, wait, Newcastle, Bournemouth as well, I suppose. Where's Ollie? Get Where's Ollie, Ollie yeah. Um, but Manchester United facing Burnley, Danush. 
thoughts on that one? Um, Very quickly, please. I'm just, I'm just praying that we don't get Brexit football and just enjoy. It's not Brexit football anymore. It's not Brexit anymore. under company. New fella championship, whatever. Harry wearing URN, whatever it is. Football is alive. It's unbelievable. You have to watch it. Good possession-based football. They're gonna beat you. Manchester City are facing Liverpool. Min, um, biggest game of the draw. Are you, how how so do you feel against Liverpool? Uh, I personally want Pep to bring out his best squad if he wants to stay in this competition because Liverpool is going to bring in, I guess, their, be- their best considering how poor they performed in the first half. I think the second half of, of this year, Liverpool is going to step up. And so I really want Man City to, to you know, bring their best in this tournament. And I, I really want us to get all the big cups this year. Um, elsewhere, you have Wolves facing Gillingham, um, Southampton against Lincoln, and Newcastle against Bournemouth. Um, any of those stand out to you, Harry? Uh, Wolves-Gillingham, that'll probably be on the telly. Uh, what else did you say? <laughs> Southampton-Lincoln. Oh, Southampton-Lincoln, nobody can I, can really I cares about one? that one. Can I take this Go one? On, Dom. Lincoln. 50 uh, seconds. T- okay, <laughs> up the imps. All I'll say is up the imps. Come on. Up the imps. Um, and that does bring us to the end of the show. What a lovely way to end. Yeah, I think. up, up the, the imps. imps. Keep it your end and up the imps. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Um, thank you, all of you, for coming on. And thank you, Dom, for making that uh, very stressful journey. Yeah, the plumber's been cool. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but yeah we will be back next Monday to discuss all of the action from the Premier League next week and we will also be there is no Premier League it'd be England you are right it'll be a a review of England-Iran which would have happened it'll be playing at the same time isn't it no it's one o'clock oh sorry lads my bad sorry we might still be in the pub but hopefully we'll be here nah we will be here Archie I'll probably skip one of my lectures to go to the pub I love how you think that's an option. Of course you're skipping the next <laughs> I'm taking you down the white art. We're going to watch England Iran and lose 1-0. <laughs> but anyway... Just watching? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that does bring us to the end. Thank you for listening and keep it URN.